and welcome back to Daydreams and Tea. Today we are getting into questions from like the general public stuff I found on Reddit and other um, groups on Facebook. Some questions that are really real and going to give some advice. And we're going to touch on friendship, privacy, you know, with your parents and your boyfriend, feeling sad, what we can do about motivation and finding a job. So we have a lot of advice to give today. And of course, it's sort of unsolicited because these are not live questions. Um, But there are again, really real situations that you know, maybe we have all experience in before we get into these questions and our advice for them. I want to know how you guys are, you know, how was everyone? How was your January? As always, I feel like time passes by so quickly, especially January, like after the holidays and Christmas and all that, you feel like you're just, you know, launching yourself into the new year. And sometimes I think we have a lot of expectations of what a new year will bring. And, you know, sometimes also winter is really long and not that fun, (laughs) You know, winter, sometimes we don't have much to do. It's cold. For me, January went by pretty quickly. I got a lot done. And by the time I knew it, it was like I was off work and on my 10-day kind of trip to see my family. So that was really nice, Um, you know, seeing family and having not much plans. Like we didn't do much of anything, but it honestly was just what I needed to get into the space of like relaxing and not being on the go so much. February, on the other hand, has been busy, but in a good way and more busy in the sense of just planning and organizing myself. Uh, If you listen to the moving out episode uh, a few episodes back, you will know that I'm moving abroad. Um, So which is very exciting for me. And by the way, like, I'm so excited to move abroad outside the country. I've been thinking about this a long time. I've wanted to do this sort of experience uh, since the beginning of college, late high school days, Um, but I've always kind of put it off until now. And I put it off for so many different reasons, but I really am proud of myself for actually doing it. Um, So yeah, February for me has been a lot of, uh, you know, planning, a lot of conversations with friends and family. Um, you know, just getting my life together and preparing myself the best way I can for this really big change in my life. This year so far for me has been about giving myself the time, giving myself the space to reflect and not only to just think about things, but to act on things. And any goals I had put on the back burner or the goals, you know, recent goals that I've learned that I want to do. I'm like discovering them and thinking of ways on how to put them in motion. So that's been really exciting to think about and to just do things that I've been putting off. And I'm working on a lot of personal projects that, again, are really exciting. I'm I'm excited to share a lot of things, you know, doing this podcast. I started a YouTube channel and I've had (laughs) so many YouTube channels in my life because when I was younger, I loved to like film music videos with friends. Um, I burned like DVDs. I did a lot of different things, um, especially with editing and like filming videos, taking photos. So I've been really enjoying right now at this time, like having my YouTube channel, filming like vlog type videos and, 
I would really love to continue this um, and just have fun with it, taking the pressure off that it has to be a certain schedule or it's like work when it's not work at all. It's just for fun. So while doing all these fun, creative things, I'm also taking a lot of time to just relax and kind of live a slower pace of life, which I'm not used to by any means. I am really used to, you know, that fast pace of life, multitasking, always kind of working, working 45 hours plus per week. Um, And I do find it, you know, challenging sometimes to just like be (laughs) and just stay still. But what I tell myself in those moments is that I have this time right now. When, again, will I have this time to just relax and not think of work or think of other things. And this is my downtime and my time to really reflect on my thoughts, my feelings, and just be more in tuned with myself. And those moments are going to, you know, those moments also are really beneficial when you're not doing anything or have no pressures from outside people or things to be in the stillness and have moments where you, you can be presented with new opportunities, new thoughts, ways of thinking, and you really learn more about your, your wants and your needs. Because when I was always on the go, multitasking, thinking and doing stuff for other people or, you know, have demands as life does, I never had space to just sit with me, notice what truly b- brings me motivation, what are my passions, what are some ideas that I could explore. Anyway, I want to just say this because if you feel lately your life is boring, you feel overworked, you just feel tired in general, please try to give yourself some grace. Give yourself time to just be a human being like we all are going through something or going through it and we all deserve a little break. Um, and no demands from other people. Just, you know, relief, give yourself and reaffirm yourself and relieve some pressure um, from yourself from time to time. It's really necessary. And during those moments, take time to notice your thoughts that come up, like what in the present moment is not serving you anymore and what can you do better, like to live your most authentic self and your most authentic life. You know, when we are doing constantly something, we often push you know, so much to the side, especially emotions, we push them to the side of your, like our consciousness. And we just move on from whatever we were dealing with at the time. Because honestly, that just means we didn't deal with it at all. But we forget how things can affect us in the long term. And I just been thinking about that a lot. It's just giving myself the time and space to allow my thoughts to come up or whatever. And just express myself and just talk and be more connected um, with myself in that way. And as someone who struggles to sit still and just relax, practicing checking up on myself really does help to acknowledge my needs and allows me to, you know, explore things that I can do to help myself feel better, um, help to help myself get motivated and even to be just more proactive and not reactive to things. With that all being said, I just want to do a little catch up with you guys as I like to do little updates before we get into these questions. But I really hope you guys are having a great day so far and I want to get into this advice for today. So I have a couple questions, different types of questions as well. And I would love for you guys to, as we're reading these questions and I'm going to give my advice, 
what is the advice you would give to this person? So let's get right into it with question number one. My friends are good people, but I don't think they are good friends to me. I'm in a group of friends and we know each other since middle school, but lately I'm just not feeling close to them. And often I feel not really heard or find out that they did plans without me. What should I do? Gosh, you know, I think, you know, friendships are really hard, but like such a beautiful thing. But I, I'm someone who likes a lot of like one-on-one time, but I also like, you know, having big groups of friends. I think that's always really nice to have. It's not always something that happens often. You know, we all have our own lives, schedules and different, we live in different cities. Um, But I would say here, if you're in a group of friends and you're feeling like, like this person is saying that my friends are good people, but I don't think they're good friends to me. Well, have you spoke with your friends about this or anyone from the friend group that you're not feeling like heard or, or maybe you feel left out or the third wheel? Because that's the first thing I think with any relationship, especially friendships, is communication. And if you're feeling um, that plans are always falling through, like, why don't you say something? Maybe ask one of the people in the group, if you guys have a group chat, um, like, just, you know, can be even honest, like, oh, I really miss you guys, really hanging, I really miss hanging out with everyone. Um, is there a date we could just, you know, go to the movies together or, um, like, I, uh, invite them over to your place, maybe, like, say, hey, I would love to host, like, a little dinner party or cocktails in my house, um, would love all of you to come and just reach out because maybe someone else in the group might be feeling similar and I don't know I think communication is the number one thing that this person should do Um, and if you still are feeling after you communicate with them or just tell them how you feel or you know say that you really do feel like they're purposefully not inviting you to things then it's time to consider other friends because you want to, you know, be with people who like, you know, their intentions, you know, that they, they make you a priority as, as a friend. And when you feel that, and I feel in your gut, you know, when friendships are kind of fading out or that they're just not serving you or the friendship is not just serving as it used to serve, <laughs> if that makes sense. So If you're not feeling heard and even after you reach out, you still don't feel heard or invited to things or you feel like you're singled out, then listen to your gut and maybe these are not the type of friends that are even worth your time. So hopefully you have other friends and and you can form maybe a new friend group or just really, you know, try to reconnect with people we haven't spoken to in a while and just reach out. I find a lot of people in our age group in our 20s, like... Friendships are hard and everyone has different schedules. You're not always intertwined with other people. Um, So I think a lot of us just want someone to just talk to. And, you know, if you can in a hangout, try to try to hang out. Even if it's just for coffee or a short amount of time, it's really worth it. And we all are social beings. So we need that in our lives. So, yeah, I would just say. Communicate with them, see how that goes, and just listen to your intuition with this one. Question number two, the advice. 
Does anyone else get extreme sadness when you get back home from a vacation? I know it sounds so weird, but recently I thought it had to do with people that I met on vacation and really liking them and having to say goodbye. Saying goodbye is hard, but does anyone else have this feeling? How can I manage it feeling just sad when I get back home from a trip? I actually really thought this uh, question was very interesting because it made me think of when you're on vacation, you know how people say that, you know, everyone's having a good time because everyone's in that headspace of everyone's on vacation. So, you know, I feel like everyone's in a happier mood, higher vibrations, like in general. So by you saying that you feel very sad when you come back home from vacation, it makes sense to me. And I feel like this is a normal phenomenon that happens is that because you're on such a sort of like a high, like when you're on vacation, um, say you're, I don't know, you're somewhere warm with your friends or you're doing a solo trip or whatever, you're in a vacation mindset, um, you're excited about things, you're seeing new things, doing new experiences, um, you know, you probably are releasing a lot of different chemicals from your brain, like the happy hormones, like dopamine, serotonin, all that stuff. And some people I think dread coming back home because when you're back home and you go back to your normal routine, you have to go back to work. Um, you, you have to take care of the house, take care of the things, pay your bills that that reality sets in again and doesn't make you excited for the following days to come. Right? So I think feeling sad and a little bit down after a trip is super normal it's not something you can really manage. It's just something that happens. But also, I think if you're in that headspace, just know that every moment is sort of like fleeting. Like we all have really amazing moments and then moments where we're feeling low that if you really enjoyed your vacation, you can probably do it again. Like you can make it happen again and just, you know, be excited for the next time and then get excited about planning your next trip if it went so well or doing something new. Being back in a routine isn't so bad. Like we all need to do things, you know, we all need to pay bills and do things um, to live, you know, comfortably. We are just going to have up and up and downs and that's just kind of what it is. But my advice to this person is that it's super normal to feel sad after a vacation for whatever reasons and just let yourself feel sad um, if it does come up. Because it just means really you had a good time and that you really enjoyed yourself. And sometimes if you're doing a vacation, seeing family who live far away or friends who live far away, it's normal because you just really had fun with them. You enjoy your time with them. And sometimes we just, no one really has a lot of time anymore. And we just got to really um, take advantage of those moments with our loved ones and just cherish them. So it's normal to have a reaction to that. Um, and to feel sad about it. But, you know, going back to normal routine is not bad either. We all have to go, you know, get back to normal and just start being excited and looking forward to the next really fun thing that you have going on in your life. Advice in question number three. My family and boyfriend have always used tracking apps. I'm used to being connected and knowing where they are and vice versa. But now I'm conflicted because my parents will reach out and ask why I haven't got out of the house or just bombard me with texts and calls and just seems like they're always on those apps knowing where I am at all times. When I put the tracker off, they seem to even be more 
texting and calling me and I just don't know if that's what I want. I don't know if I should keep these apps or just delete them for my own sanity and privacy. This one's an interesting one um, because this is, um, I've used tracking apps before or just apps that have a tracker and they can be useful at times like uh, especially like when you just want to, you know, let if you're traveling, especially solo, you just want people to know where you are or know your itinerary at least so that you, you know, if something does happen, God forbid, like they can just find you. But I've also seen this scenario like a lot on like reality shows or TV shows, especially like those reality shows that are like, you know, I need your tracker to be on so I know where you are at all times. And like, Sometimes that can come off like, okay, you don't need to know where I am at all times. Maybe there's a trust issue there. This is reminding me a lot of like 90 Day Fiance uh, with certain couples when they, you know, obviously when you are 90 Day Fiance, like one of them is from the, the States, one of them is like in a different country and some of the couples would have those things on at all times. That would always cause issues because one of the person, the people like in the couple would be like, tracking their partner every single hour of the day and like that just seems not like they're trusting their partner but maybe they gave you reason not to trust them so I don't know but when it comes to family tracking you you know I think it's just to say that say if this is just not working for you anymore and you feel like you don't have privacy you could always just you know say hey um I'm going to take a break from this app for a while unless I go on a trip somewhere or do something like outside of my routine. I will turn it on so that we're, you know, you guys feel more safe and I feel more safe. But on my day to day routine, I don't need to have this. I think that's pretty just to say that you are, you know, entitled to delete it if you want to delete it. Like you don't need or owe them a tracking app if they do you know, tell you that it really does help them. And it's, if they're a chronic worrier, I don't know, maybe having a tracking app is best for just their peace of mind and doesn't cause that much issue for you to have it if it gives them a bit more peace of mind and know that you're safe. So just think about that, like some pros and cons. But if you are feeling like it's really going in on your privacy and even maybe makes you feel like they don't trust you for whatever reason or you feel like it's like not helping the relationship whether that's with your family members or your boyfriend as you're saying then maybe it's best that you don't have it to have better relationships with your family and, and boyfriend yeah so that's a tricky one you know I, I do think on vacation it is very useful whether it's a family member or friend or sniffing other like so that they know where you are you can use it on whatsapp or like on messenger or there's probably other apps just so that people know where you are especially if you're doing something by yourself but even if you're with like one other person just like have a designated person that you talk to regularly like at least once a day just so that they know there's nothing out of the ordinary happening and that you're safe wherever you are especially when you're traveling but when it comes to just having it on at all times even when you're home doing your normal work routine or day routine. I just think it's a little bit not necessary, but that's just me. Question number four, it's about work. So let's get into this. Is it bad to quit your job before finding a new one? My current job is so tiring and it's just too much. 
I want to just feel better in my job, but I can't and I feel kind of helpless. I looked at other jobs, but have no luck so far getting a new one. So I don't think it's bad to quit your job before finding a new one. Um, If you really feel like it's draining your energy and also if it's a job that's not allowing you to have any time to look for a new job, it's sometimes just best to quit. But before doing anything like that, you should just ask yourself, okay, is the job you have, like, do you need the money for it? If, for example, you quit this job, can you sustain yourself for like a month or two with savings or with what you have? Because that's where you need to just outweigh, okay, what kind of bills I need to pay per month? And if I can't find a job within a couple months, will I be able to pay those bills? Because that's what I think comes first in anything is like just make sure that you can sustain yourself because I find that's important. And then from there, make a decision on if you can allow yourself really to quit and have some time to find a new job. I think, you know, in everyone's situation, it's always best to find a new job to replace the one you currently have and make it a better transition. You give your two week notice you start the other job when you want. A really good thing is, and I, you know, a lot of people do it, is like they find another job, but they tell the other job that they're willing to start a few like weeks later. And that way you can give yourself like a break between jobs. I think that's also kind of important because throwing yourself like, you know, quitting then throwing yourself back into another job can be kind of like overwhelming. So it's always nice if you're able to do it give yourself like a week like vacation you know especially with like jobs at least here you know in Canada and stuff like you don't get a lot of vacation time like normally unless you have a really good gig but you know you get two weeks normally so if you are done with this job you know why not give yourself a couple weeks break or whatever time you need to just have a little vacation before starting something new but yeah I don't think it's bad to quit your job before finding a new one and yeah I just hope that you find something that works for you better and I think it's good that you recognize that the job that you currently have is just not working for you and give yourself a time period of how long are you willing to stay at this job until you find something new and just make that promise to yourself and then just move forward you know next question is number five how to cope with a busy schedule. I need tips on how to stay focused and motivated, especially during the work week. So I don't think we can really avoid sometimes when we have a busy work schedule, but ways that I would stay focused is at the start of my day, I always wrote like a to-do list and it really like helps me organize my day better, but also when you tick things off like of that list, it kind of gives you like little rewards. So you feel like you are doing you know something that is prog- you know progressing. So for me, that was number one thing is try to do a to-do list as soon as you open your computer or you're at the office. Prioritize the tasks you need to do first. And from there, like check things off. And that way you at least will stay a bit more motivated to like cross things off and they'll also know your progress. Another tip to stay focused is that I think learning, are you more someone that needs total silence to work? Do you like music to work? Or even like sometimes I would listen to podcasts while I'm working. It depends on what I'm doing. But I think, you know, 
listening to music sometimes can help you stay motivated, just give you a little bit of ambiance so that you can just work, you know, harder. Or if you really need total silence, try to give yourself a space if you can. Not everyone's able to, but give yourself a space that you feel like motivated to work in. I know some of us still go to the office or we work from home. So I think your environment of where you work it helps a lot. So maybe you work from home and you really just don't feel like you work, you know, efficient enough. Try working at a cafe. Even go find like, uh, you know, college, libraries, university campuses and just work in the library or something. I think that really helps, especially when working from home. If you don't have a designated space to work, it's nice to go to a cafe or a library. So that would be my other tip. Another tip is just to communicate like rant if you need to. Um, if you have any work friends or just friends outside of work, um, you know, just talk to them and just I think having a conversation that's relatable with someone. I think everyone has busy work weeks at least one time or more in their life. Let off some steam a little bit. We kind of need it sometimes. And otherwise than that, I would just say keep a good calendar with you. Again, I think doing a to-do list in the morning is great, but also doing a weekly to-do list or just weekly check your calendar and have a more of an overall vision of what's coming up. Ooh, the next one is such a cool question. So much thoughts for this question, and this is the last one of today's episode. Let's get into this. It's a traveling question. This person says, first time traveling outside of the U.S. I'm a 29-year-old woman looking to do my first solo trip outside of the country. I really would love to visit a safe country for women with sightseeing and good food. I'm thinking of going to Europe, but I need some advice on what places to go as a solo traveler and any other travel websites or places I can find deals and resources for planning this trip. My plan is to go on the trip in May for around 14 days. First of all, congrats. So excited for you to take a solo trip outside of the country. And it's your first time outside of your home country, which is really exciting. Takes a lot of courage, but also it's just super fun um, to be planning your first trip. Here, you know, I think Europe is a great place for solo female travelers. I think some good resources you can do, and which I, I was doing when I was moving abroad, is using resources like social media. So Instagram, uh, TikTok, um, blogs, and especially I would use YouTube. Just search for female bloggers or people talk especially women speaking on safe places to travel because there's actually places that you would not think are maybe safe initially that are not in Europe or outside of Europe that in the end actually are so I think that's good to check that and not only safety for women but if you're a person of color checking if you know other bloggers who are people of color um, you know I think that's really important to check or LGBTQ+, things like that, because, you know, that is an important uh, thing to check if you are someone of color or LGBTQ+, like looking at places that um, are friendly and that will make you feel comfortable. And so I would just look on socials for that. There are plenty of travel bloggers out there. Some of my favorites are female solo travelers and um, they have excellent advice on everything to 
what places are safe, what places to visit, budget-friendly trips you could do, and packing tips. So a lot of resources are found on socials. Initially, my thoughts on Europe is why not do, like, I find them the main three, but it's uh, Italy, France, and Spain. Those are really, I think, great countries. There's a lot of different types of options, like cities, and they're kind of like the main ones. So if you think of, like, Paris, you know, Rome, and you can do Barcelona or Valencia. So a lot of, you know, key places, they should, you know, be safe enough. Again, you could always just check online for other people and their experiences, especially women again. I'd also advise looking for groups on Facebook. There's tons of Facebook groups for female solo travelers, host a sister, tips for traveling in a certain area. So I would just say really do your research and go for what seems most interesting to you. But if you're going in May for 14 days, that would be a good time because I feel like Europe anywhere is probably busiest during the summer months like June, July, August, and even like September. And May is probably just getting into that too. Um, Also look up if there's any holidays in, in some of the countries you're interested in. Because maybe things are closed or even better, they actually might have festivals or fun events during that time period. So it's always good to check that out. Some sites I recommend is for flights, try, try looking at Skyscanner from wherever you are. You say you're from the US, so say, I don't know, you're from uh, I don't know Detroit or something. Look at Skyscanner Detroit to anywhere and it can tell you on discounted flights to different areas outside of the U.S., in the U.S., etc. And that would be good to check on flights and prices. In terms of where you're staying, you can check Hostel World if you're into trying out the hostel thing. Um, anything over uh, 8.0 and above in terms of rating is, I think is pretty solid. And there's a lot of reviews there you can check out for people who are solo travelers, female, and around your age. So it gives you an idea of how safe it is uh, based on the reviews, how clean it is, and just how you know friendly people are or like social because some hostels are more social than others. If you're, again, you're looking into that. The only thing with Hostel World is you just, you know, check it for the reviews of each hostel, but don't book your hostel with Hostel World. Definitely book everything, whether it's a flight or hotel, with the actual website of the company. So if you see on, I don't know, Skyscanner, a British Airways flight, we'll book it through British Airways site and not through Skyscanner. Same with Hostel World. Don't book through Hostel World, but book through the hostel itself. So say if you find a hostel and uh, Barcelona, Barcelona Hostel 101, for example, we'll Google Barcelona Hostel 101 and find their website and book it through there. Yeah, but if I was going 14 days somewhere in Europe in May, yeah, I would really look at those three countries, especially because they would offer good weather, not too hot, not too cold. Figure out what kind of trip do you want to do? Do you want to like meet a lot of people, do the hostel thing? Do you want to do more of a like a private slower pace. You always can look at Airbnb. I love Airbnb for places to stay at a good rate, but also look at Airbnb experiences. 
can find really unique classes, workshops, um, sighting, you know, sighting tours, like walking tours, bike tours, and, you know, physical activities like, you know, cycling, rock climbing, kayaking, all that stuff. And I find them really cool because you get it in a perspective of a local or even sometimes it's a local little company, like a smaller business, but um, it's really, really worth checking that out as well. So Skyscanner, Hostel World, Airbnb, um, and Google Flights is always the number one thing I use to check on flight prices and stuff like that. And you can even sign up for Google Flight Alerts if you're pretty flexible with your date to see when a cheaper time will come and they'll email you when prices have dropped or have gone up or whatever. So that really helps. But yeah, super excited for you and your solo trip. And I hope you find something really amazing and enjoy the most out of it. That wraps up all the questions for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this little episode of advice. I don't often do these, but I think it's really fun and I would love to do one of these episodes with a friend or someone else to give a new perspective because I find that dynamic really nice as well. Like next time we'll be probably speaking, I'll be already abroad. That is really exciting for me. I'm just looking forward to all the new adventures. You can also, now that I started uh, my YouTube channel, check out videos if you want to look at vlogs. If you're into the YouTube thing, I'll be on there and I have my Instagram as well. So check out on YouTube Jess Lynn Moore for upcoming vlogs and travel content of me moving abroad. And you can visit me on my personal Instagram at jmfashionista and also follow the podcast at Daydreams and Teapot. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode. Hope to speak to you guys very soon. And again, thanks for listening to Daydreams and Tea. Have a good one.